gotta say, after having done how many podcasts did we do on Shadows of the Empire? What uh, we did Cosmic Force, uh, Legends Look Back, and then Freddie and I guessed it on Game Night to kind of yeah. help talk Andrew through the behind the scenes and all of that. Plus, I wrote the two um, reading guides about uh, who we got there. The Blizzard Man, Shizor, yeah, and Dash Rendar. After all of that, like my number one takeaway after that week was like, I'm not going to do any more Shadows of the Empire for <laughs> like the rest of the month. I was just so excited to give myself a break. But, Freddie, if you know anything about me, it's that I'm a completionist. Yeah. And so I cannot tell you how many hours I have spent with this freaking game <laughs> trying to beat it. And I got to say, I beat uh, IG88 live while Andrew was playing. I beat it on my N64. But then I've been on Gaul, that next level. You remember Gaul? Yes, of course. I've been on Gaul since, what, that night? That was, what, two weeks ago? (laughs) Exactly two weeks ago. I have been stuck on Gaul, and I've played nearly every day. (laughs) I was gone. I was out of town for a week. So I've played like at least eight times. That's amazing. And have been murdered by Boba Fett at least a dozen times. (laughs) Which, like, that's right. You kind of want Dash Rendar to, to murder Boba Fett a few times. Like, just kind of feels like he's got to pay his dues, right? Of course. Of course. Oh, man. But uh, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? What are, your, what are your closing thoughts on our Shadows of the Empire event? We've never done anything like it. No, we've never done anything like it. I, I enjoyed it. It made me not only just have some great nostalgia for, for something that I remember coming out when I was a kid and talking about it till exhaustion it was it was yeah. uh, <laughs> it was great <laughs> it makes me glad one of our initial ideas was like we could make it the summer of shadows of the empire do it all summer long oh and um kind of glad we crammed it into a week aren't you yeah i, I am i am the only thing we have to uh <laughs> release is the uh what is it the uh she's or workout plan aren't we filming that one <laughs> no, no no we're gonna release um branded she's or bath bombs no, no, no. When you drop I draw the <laughs> line there. <laughs> he loves to take baths. Isn't there... No, Emma, you read the comic. Isn't there a panel where Shizor is just like in the bathtub? Yes. Chilling? Yes. Shirtless, of course. And, watching a Leia you know, hologram. Yes. Watching uh-huh. something inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let us know, listeners, uh, if you've got any tips on how to beat Boba Fett on Gaul. I would love to know them. And I'll keep you updated in the Discord and all that with how I'm doing in the progress. I am thinking about switching to PC. It feels... One of the fun things about all this is I've gotten some really good quality time with my N64. I'm thinking about busting out like Ocarina of Time, something Ooh. like that. Uh, I, I just I don't want to put that three pronged controller down at this point. It feels it feels like we've gotten to know each other again. Right but it. I am I'm thinking about switching to the PC. I gotta admit it looked a whole lot cleaner when Andrew was playing it, I or maybe know. he's he, just. I think he finished it in like what one and a half days. <laughs> Did he end up finishing it? I'm not entirely sure. I just know he not was pretty him. far along in just like the he, hour he was on. Yeah, he definitely got uh, farther in, what, uh, two hours than yeah. I had gotten in a week, which was fun. <laughs> Loved that. I knew it was going to happen, but like watching it happen before my eyes was especially fun. Well, that was a lot of fun. Let us know, everybody. I know we've still got a few people who are reading Shadows of the Empire and getting caught up on all that. Um, we would love to talk about all of it with you. Shizor uh, and... Anything that's not Shizor, especially. We'd love to talk about that. But you know what else we're going to talk about? Another amazing, crazy Legends character tonight. So without further ado, let's kick it off. (laughs) 
from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network, a Star Wars podcast for people who don't always jam, but when they do, they jock jam, where we talk about all things Legends, celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my cyborg co-host, Freddie C. Honestly forgot I wrote that intro. How are you, Freddie? Hello, my name is Freddie. What is your favorite spice? Let me know in the comments below. Mine is Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so the spice thin. I love that. Love that. Uh, you really went for the whole cyborg bit there. Kind of caught me off guard. I was like, is, is that Freddy under there? Is he actually here? Is that a robot? You know who's not a robot? Filling in as our producer this week, the collection enabler extraordinaire of Utini, Emma Park. Hello, it is I, Emma Park. Not C3PO. <laughs> and not any other purple hued character. Uh, Thanos. That's not Star Wars, but you know what? It works. <laughs> he is purple. And he is a character. Very purple. Very purple. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be joining you guys tonight. Um, I feel like this is very on brand for me to be showing up on another comic-centric episode. So that's it's true. all good. It <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. What's fun, Emma, is you went from zero appearances on Legends Look Back after our two-year history to three within six weeks. Yeah, so, that's wild. <laughs> way to go there. Way to go there. Actually, uh, one of the fun things, got a chance to meet Emma in person, which was we weird because I've been on the team for two years working with... Uh, I talked to Freddie every week for two years. I talked <laughs> to Freddie every... But I've never met him in person. And uh, actually got a chance to meet Emma in person. She's taller than she looks on the, my phone when I watched The Cosmic Force, which was strange. Uh, but, you know, it's not strange. The amazing collectibles we picked up at the comic book store in Maine. Uh, Emma, what did you end up picking up? You got anything fun to show off? Oh, heck yes, I do. And allow me to grab them. I've honestly forgotten what you bought. I was so focused on what I was buying <laughs> and not making a fool out of myself and, and meeting you for the first time in person. All right, so here we go. Yeah, no, we, we had a ton of fun, of course. I mean, Jared and I, we can get into like a ton of mischief at any sort of store that has Star Wars things. So, of course, Great. we found some things. Um, I got this Episode One Padme Amidala figure I'm trying to figure out how best to do this here um i love padme i don't have enough padme things in my collection so i was like let's add one more and then one more thing that's awesome I've i like the that. sabe that's Com the only tech. one i've got i think an episode two zam wessel and mm. i have zero zam wessel things in that my collection cool. uh which was quite a shame so yeah i found some two really awesome figures Emma, if you shoot that Zam Wessel action figure with a Camino saber dart, <laughs> does she change into a slug? You know, I haven't tried it, but my answer will be yes. I think she does. <laughs> okay, good answer, good answer. <laughs> you like know, Steve Harvey. speaking of Sam Wessel, I have a very funny story. I'll make it short. All right. I remember, you know, someone was telling me, like, who do you think, who is your most favorite uh, or like, who who do you have a crush on in Star Wars? No and way. Did you say Zam? I I did. And so when they searched it, they were like, um, <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a changeling. I swear. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. Uh, I'm not here to judge. That's hilarious. Uh, so good. 
<laughs> I love that. But yeah, Jared and I, we had a blast. It was so weird meeting someone from Utini in person. I, you know, Jared was the first person from Utini I've met in person. And it's super weird because at first it's like, it's like meeting a stranger kind of. You've never met them yeah, in person. Yeah, it is. But it's and like, then like two seconds later, it's like, oh, this is the person I've known on the internet for like <laughs> years and years. So <laughs> it was yeah. interesting. It is yeah. weird. It, it is weird. I look forward to meeting more of the team members. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. I feel bad for the comic book store owner who had to listen to us absolutely just go nuts on, like, I, I, went, I told my brother-in-law, who's uh, 14, he went with us, I told him, like, the full history of Valence, the bounty hunter, which we're doing <laughs> on tonight's show. And I feel bad for that comic book store owner who, like, just like, please buy my stuff and get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, I, I nerd. Got, speaking of Valence, I ended up picking up, with well, there's a hair on it, and that's Ooh. not good. All right, we got uh, the first appearance of Valence in Marvel's Star Wars number 16. That's um, such a cool what's cover. especially fun, see if I can get it closer. Look at this floating Jackson head. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that bad boy. That's just like the a ghost. best thing that ever happened to a Star Wars comics cover. This may be my very favorite like original yeah. Star Wars cover. It, but then I also picked up another good Legends character, especially for her, her life later on in the Legacy of the Force series. This is... Number 96, featuring this full spread of Lumaya, Luke's girlfriend turned ex-girlfriend turned attempted murderer turned, uh, what, uh, seducer of his oh, nephew man. to the dark side. It's it's a whole thing. It's it's a very com- – but there's this two-page spread. Look at this thing. of It's wordless. A full two-page spread of Luke battling with Lumaya in her light whip. Oh, she has a light I was whip. Very yeah. Downed by how cool this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's one of those legends things place. that is is like when if it's a how do I describe this? There's like a top ten in creativity. This is definitely one of them. It is. Oh man, and they brought it back, of course, in canon. Uh, Vernestra Rowe tries to sing that five times fast. Vernestra <laughs> Rowe. Um, she has her own light whip, which is fun. So they've uh, whips are making a comeback. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> what else is making a comeback? Freddie. Freddie, what did you end up picking up between our last episode and now? We've had an extra week. We were off yeah. last week. Yeah, there's a lot. I posted one I of them. I know you got something cool. I mean, I've, I've got this for sure right here. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot. How did the I forget? Es- yeah, the Essential Legends Collection. I've got Heir to the Empire again, uh, Path of Destruction again, and then, of course, Shatterpoint, which I don't have, actually, the Legends book of, of Shatterpoint. Oh. So. Oh, wow. You know, unpopular opinion, or maybe unpopular opinion, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but I freaking love this book size. No, I do too. What about oh, you guys? Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love how, how it feels in your hand. And I know that there's like a, like a millimeter of the cover that's... Don't even get me started, Freddie. But it's perfect <laughs> because when you're flipping through the pages, you don't really hit the cover as hard as you do the other pages. So it'll never that's bend true. I'm much. hoping they rectify it in future printings, but I'm glad you can see the silver lining. <laughs> Uh, the good news about what he's talking about is this just little gap, just this tiny gap that exists between the cover and then the pages doesn't quite line up. Uh, it's bugging me as like an OCD thing, but the the thing about it, Freddie, is that for the most part, these are going to sit on my shelves this way. So it's never going to be a problem. Oh, you as a readability thing, though. <laughs> in, <laughs> upside down, yeah. Uh, Freddie's always got his stuff upside down. The thing, you're making a great point, Emma. These are, I think, my very favorite format to actually hold and read a book mm-hmm. in. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got this, The Lost Tribe of the Sith, English, the U.S. English version. 
um, was in this format. And hot dang, if that wasn't my favorite, just reading a Star Wars book experience, I ended up getting to the theater for The Force Awakens in 2015, hours and hours and hours early to get a good seat. And when I did, I brought it with me. So I've got like these pictures of me like frantically reading Lost Tribe of the Sith and like oh, <laughs> at the same awesome. time. Um, I know it's such a good format because I mean, similar to a hardcover, you know, they're, they're pretty wide, uh, but you know, hardcovers aren't flexible and it's nice to have the flexible, you know, book cover. So, and I see, I see Freddie flexing with his new hat. Before we get to that, let me show you this. Let me me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Freddie, be be careful, Emma. You've been warned with these. Be careful with the flexing of it because I wore a crease Oh, I see that. Lost Tribe of the Sith from where I stuck my finger when I was reading it. So I'm I'm curious to see if these are going to wear in that exact same way. I know this is like crazy in the weeds legends reading stuff at this point. (laughs) So we will move on to Freddy's $85 hat. But (laughs) I do want to warn you. That that's a good know. that's that's good to know. I'm, I'm gonna be careful about that. But yeah, um, there's pros and cons for sure. And for collectors, you know, it drove some people crazy. I'm sure because you know size differences and things like that. But you know, size matters not, Emma. All right, Freddie, what's your sure. hat? Show us the hat. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, in the chat, someone was like, "Hey, there's a hat." Blah blah blah. And and <laughs> I think Jared asked me a question, and I I totally was just like, uh, you, "You know what? I'm not listening right now. I'm trying to buy a hat." Well. I got it. He the got Nintendo, the hat, everybody. I'm Nintendo so 64 reversed to oh. <laughs> Shadows of the wow. Empire. <laughs> that is so rad, man. That is the coolest Star Wars hat ever made. And you can quote me on it that. It is. It is. We uh, need I'm more so Star Wars hats, I think. <laughs> I know. I'm a big Absolutely. fan of Star Wars hats. I've got a Clippers Star Wars hat. I've got a bucket full of Star Wars hats right next to me. That's cool. I don't have... Uh, I've got a bunch of Star Wars beanies because I live in Massachusetts and you need the beanie at least like eight months out of the year. Uh, <laughs> Emma knows what I'm talking about as a Oh, Mainer. it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Freddie Mainer. in California. We just see the breeze out your window, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie so has cool, no man. idea what it's like. <laughs> the Clippers Death Star hat for those who are listening Oh, and it, says Ro- it has a Rogue One logo on the side. Yeah, That's cool. Check that out. That is Pretty awesome. awesome if I didn't hate the Clippers, but I do. <laughs> Same. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, we've got some fun things to show off. But, uh, you know, with the Essential Legends collections, we're showing off the ones that were just released. We've got our hands on. We're currently reading through Shatterpoint. We're going to be doing our roundtable on that a couple weeks from now. Looking forward to it. Man, have I got an extensive list of notes, such as, what the heck is going on with Depa Balaba? And also, is Carvaster the scariest villain in all of Star Wars? All right, so we're going to have a fun time with this. I can't wait. But we've got more Legends Essential. I always mess up the titles of these dang things. Let's try again. More Essential Legends Collections news, and that is more covers were revealed today. Today! What a great time to have a Legends podcast on a Thursday night when there's Legends news on Thursday morning. Thank you to Del Rey for dropping that news on us. I believe we've got the covers for these queued up, don't we? Right here. Okay, so Freddie, tell us what we're looking at here. We've got four this time instead of three. Yeah, so we've got four this time. And uh, let's see, I've got the first one here, which is Rule of Two. And the cover art is is pretty interesting. I I haven't looked too deeply into it yet, but it's got... Uh, yeah, oh, look at I don't that know if you want to... Close up. Yeah, Gorgeous. Oh, man, that's Does great. Does Xana have dreads? <laughs> it looks like it, sort of. <laughs> some peanut butter in those things doesn't that just look so like uh menacing the overexposure oh i hadn't thought about it that way that is cool 
Um, I like the way that this kind of synergizes with the artwork they did for the first uh, for Path of Destruction. I'm looking forward to Tom said, like, wait till you see Volume 3. Wait till you see Dynasty of Evil. So I'm looking forward to this. Of course, uh, Darth Bane Rule of Two has infamously one of the most unfortunate covers out of all of Legends. Uh, the legend has it that it was <laughs> rushed into production. Uh, Carpishan wrote the book in less than a year, which is like, hey, good on him. Yeah. I read it in less than 48 hours, so good on me. But uh, also good on this artist, Simon Goinyard. Is that right? I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. But Simon, way to go. We like these. Good job. Yes. This is excellent. Yes. It's excellent. Freddie, what do you think Volume 3 should look like? Like This one, obviously, it's easy to think. Like Rule of Two is going to have Xana. But what's Volume 3 going to look like? Uh, maybe like a Play-Doh sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just going to look like the cover of Ruins of Dantooine. They're just going to recreate it in like They're a PS1. They're just going to take it from Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> Beautiful. I would buy it. You know I would buy it. I would buy it. All right. Uh, next up, we've got not Volume 3 in this trilogy, but instead we did, however, get um, both artworks released for the rest of the Thrawn trilogy. We've got both Dark Force Rising and the last command here we've got dark force rising if you're listening on audio that will we'll drop the the links for these in the discord as well if you want to be able to see them dark force rising is half a stormtrooper helmet and then han and leia looking like they're about to shoot down some so cool. some no grease um in particular i like the color scheme here it kind of looks like they're on fire yeah on fire with vader's rage no who's the bad guy <laughs> thrawn's rage no i've got a criticism i don't know if it's a criticism as much as it's a an observation all right this is the 2016 cover. You remember these Freddies? These yeah. were the ones that they released with 275% more Thrawn than the original <laughs> Thrawn trilogy yeah, covers. Yeah, of course. This one has Han and Leia posing in nearly the exact same pose with their blasters. Oh, yeah. Check that and out. Oh, whoa. That's cool. I wonder did they just copy paste this? They didn't. It is unique. It is unique, but like extremely similar to what they did a few years ago. Don't you love Leia's stance in this one? She's just so combative, ready to go. She's ready to blast some some troopers or some no good. She's like anything. She's like That's canon true. comics Leia. She's ready to punch someone, anyone who yeah. gets in her way. I love it. <laughs> That's right. And and she is written extremely well in the Thrawn trilogy. So glad to see her she represented is. on the covers. Um I of course have been collecting all of the Thrawn trilogy printings and covers there have ever been. Uh, I've got a whole Thrawn shelf. Sitting, oh, don't you fall off, Sabayoff. Keep your shirtless self over there. Uh, I've been, I've made a shrine to the Thrawn trilogy, so these are going to go right there, and I'm so excited about that. Let's show off the last command. They went ahead and gave us both covers here. This one's got Luke looking like exactly how I'm looking at these covers when they were released. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, give them to me. But then Mara Jade. Now, Freddie, did you see the stink that was uh, the internet controversy today about this Mara Jade image on uh, the last command? I didn't see that. What what, did, what are people saying? There. What colors for lightsaber? I'm colorblind, so you tell me. What colors for lightsaber here? Uh, gray. Colorblind too. Is <laughs> <laughs> that look green? Time. It's green. Yeah. It's green. Now, infamously, I said that twice in this episode. These are very famous books. All right. She uses what lightsaber most of the time as a Jedi? Do you remember? Oh man, that is green. Um. Oh my goodness, I don't remember. What did she use? Um, she typically wields Luke's original lightsaber. Yeah, that's right. Obi-Wan's. That's right. Light, the, the lightsaber that Obi-Wan gives to Anakin. No, no, no. Here we go. The one that Anakin 
You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Luke's lightsaber from A New Hope. And then he loses. Yeah. And <laughs> the Empire right. Strikes Back. Cut it's off blue. with the hand. Then he's cloned. Luke, right? Of course. Spoiler alert for The Last Command. Uh, Luke has the blue. And then, of course, Luke gives it to her in the end. But it, there was a whole thing today about, like, should she have the green? And the answer is yes. Del Rey did not mess this up. This is the lightsaber that she uses in the, like, most crucial, critical parts of the book. But, whoo, I was, like, today, like, trying to remember what color is her lightsaber. <laughs> I've only yeah. read the books, like, ten times. <laughs> oh, my That's gosh. Great. And then, finally, I would consider the biggest news out of the Essential Legends Collections news today not the fact that we were getting the Rogue Squadron book. It's a no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. Freddie and I, in fact, put it in our Essential Legends starter pack. Uh, Rogue Squadron by Michael Stackpole. Ugh, I love this cover. Is getting an Essential Legends collection treatment. We already knew this. This was leaked months ago. We knew that these were going to be the books in the next wave. That's not a surprise. The covers are a surprise. What else is a surprise, Freddie? What else is happening with Rogue Squadron? There's two things here. Uh, well, let's see. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I'm just, I, I can't stop looking at this cover right now. I, <laughs> I want to talk about it I so badly. I just wish that it was Corey Hilton's face under that helmet. Because it's supposed to be Corrin Horn, right? I mean, it's yeah, gotta be. Yeah. That's the only thing just, that would make it better. So, yeah, so I know exactly what it is now. It just took me some time to recalibrate, but we've got the, uh, the audio book. That's right. Yes. For the first time ever, an unabridged audio book of... <sighs> Rogue Squadron. This is Freddie, I've read this more times than I can freaking count. Oh, yeah. And I, I will every listen time... to that audiobook in its entirety. <sighs> I will press play yeah. as soon as it lands, as soon as I get it. And I will not stop until it's over. And as soon as it's done, I will play it again. <laughs> this is going to be like my melted copy of Fight Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I've got some observations on this. Now, I do want to say the audiobook this time is being done by Mark Thompson. Mark Thompson, I'm excited about that. I'm glad. Hey, love Mark Thompson reading a Legends book. Um, I'm excited about this for a few reasons. Now, there is one other thing you might notice on the cover here, Freddie. Did you notice what uh, series what series this is titled? The word X-Wing is nowhere on this oh, cover. Oh, interesting. Book one there of the There are four X-Wings on series. the cover. Yeah, but it's part of the Rogue Squadron series. Now, book one. this is interesting because the X-Wing series has ten books. But it's split up. First four, Rogue Squadron. Next three are Race Squadron. And then a couple other random X-Wing books after that. It's like ten, right? Uh, what do you? Th- yeah, what do you think is happening here, Freddie? You think we're just going to get Rogue Squadron, the first oh, four? No, no, no. You think no. they're going to go with Wraith? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna go all ten. All ten? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Freddie thinks. This is why we do this show together. All right, one more thing about this. Emma, let me ask you this. All right, yeah. this cover is my least favorite out of the bunch, but... I will say, if you put this up next, like you can imagine having 10 of these with similar covers, right? If they go with a similar style, like you think about the Alphabet Squadron covers, these bright colors, a couple faces, a couple ships. What if they do a different head and then different ships for each book in the series and like a different big, bold color? Ooh. Um, I mean. Okay. That sounds that amazing. Sounds cool, it? <laughs> All right. That's my dream. I like it. Uh, Freddie, Freddie, who would you like to see as some other heads um, for, this, for this series? Who else should make a cover appearance? We're going to assume this is Corn Horn. You know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see, yeah, this is definitely, it kind of looks like Wedge. Maybe not. Yeah, uh, it could be Wedge. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to see. It's, well, I mean, it's I'd like to it's... see, I'd like to see, who's our buddy? Uh, I forget his name, the Twi'lek. Um, 
Noir event. Noir event. I'd love to see him. I need me some brain tails up up close and personal on a Legends cover. That would be great. Um, I'd like to see Piggy Vort from the the um, the (laughs) what's he called that species? A Gamorian, the Gamorian pilot from the Wraiths series. I'd like to see one of the ladies represented. You could have Mirax. You could have a Booster Tarek and his big red Star Destroyer. That would be cool. That'd be so cool, man. (laughs) So these are great. Uh, Emma, let me ask you: out of all of these, the I don't know if I got the. uh, the other artists credited here, but Tracy Ching did the art for the Thrawn trilogy books, and then this one is uh, the artist's name is Dolly. Dolly, uh, looking forward to seeing what you got next, Dolly. All right, um, Emma. Out of all of these four covers, which is your favorite? Man, I gotta say the Rogue Squadron cover. Something about it. Um, it's minimalist. It reminds me of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy ones with the bold color. But featuring one pilot, I don't know I really like that. And just generally, I'm most excited for the Rogue Squadron book because I've never read Rogue Squadron, and it's not on my shelf yet. Um, that was one of the ones I was going to look into d- getting because you know I loved Alphabet Squadron so much. So now I have the perfect reason to get it, and I'm really excited. Absolutely, definitely. Uh, Freddie, got a favorite? I mean, this X-Wing, for sure. I'm going to pick up that one. I've got... Both I've got... of you gave that your favorite? It was my least favorite of, <laughs> the, of the group. Wow. Yeah, oh, I love that book. It's it's one of my, my first ones that I remember reading. Um, but, I mean, that... I, I, have to, I have to collect, you know... I've got Heir to the Empire sitting in front of me. I need to get the rest. I need them all. I need the series. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about the whole series. Um yeah, I, I'm not sure I love the the face that uh, that Luke is making on the cover of <laughs> the Last Command. Um, I'm not totally sure about uh, the face that he's making there, but uh, definitely like Mara Jade on the cover. Glad she's represented. I mean, she's like the star of that trilogy, if not the whole book. Yeah. So would uh, definitely like to see um, like to see her represented, and glad that she is on there. Now we've got some other Legends news outside of the Essential Legends collections. Uh, please, everybody, if you are with us live, or even, of course, um, watching this later on YouTube or checking us out in the Discord, um, please let us know out of the covers which are your favorite. We'd love to dialogue with you about this. What are some other unabridged audio books that you would like? We'd love to hear about those as well. Now uh, we've got some other Legends news. Well, do we have a lot of Legends news tonight? Valence is going to have to wait got a lot of legends news uh emma what else we got we got the new zalvar black series available oh, yeah look at for pre-order thing. with gamestop i'm not sure if this is even still available if it's too late hey it, i've tried but uh i bought one so you can make me an offer all right no uh <laughs> this is going to my collection i'm hoping to build like a whole kotor shelf like i would love to have oh, cool. just a whole shelf full of kotor collectibles um surely one of these days they're gonna keep they're gonna make like a re-release and like a collectible limited run version i'm, I'm calling it right there when it's the limited run kotor uh freddie did you pre-order this are you a zalbar fan i i do like zalbar knights of the old republic yeah it's especially his long what is like a claymore he's holding with one arm because he's a wookie uh it, it's it's honestly it's big yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's humongous so I, I just can't wait to get it. It was it's still available, I think, on on GameStop. So definitely pick it up if you're a fan of Knights of the Old Republic. All right, uh, Emma, you collect the Black Series, don't you? Did you get this one? I do, and I have not. Uh, mostly for budget reasons, partially because I haven't finished Kotor yet. <laughs> but uh, uh, you gotta I love learn it, to though. respect Zalvar. That's right. You gotta finish yeah. the game before you can buy it. It's the criteria. Yeah. I have. He's in my squad <laughs> now. Uh, uh, so uh, 
and he's probably one of my favorites out of all the squad members. I think I've gotten to the point in the game where where I have everybody unlocked as my squad member that you can possibly unlock. Oh, and he's great. really, really cool. Um, I, I want more KOTOR Black Series. It's really, really awesome. Oh, yeah. I would love... I mean, I want the whole squad. I want all the playable oh, characters yeah. from the game. Plus Revan and or plus Revan and Malak, you know, I'd love them all in uh, the Black Series format. You know, I'd also yeah, who, like Funko who, Pops, who but we just first? got those, so I don't need to like beg. <laughs> the guy you meet first, he's kind of a meme, right? Like, um, was his name Karth? Karth, yeah, yeah. What do you that mean Karth is cool. a meme? How is Karth a meme? <laughs> I don't know. I just maybe he's a meme in my own head. Like for some reason, I found him to be kind of funny. Probably because of like all the really deep conversations you have in, with him, like just in the middle of fighting. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely bench Karth pretty quickly. You know who yeah. can get wrecked though? Who I don't want in the Black Series? Juhani. Do not like. Oh, her. I she agree. Me out. <laughs> me <too. laughs> All right, now we've got some more outside of this as well. Just when you thought, oh, surely there can't be any more Legends news. There is. There is. All right, we got the Marvel Legends Epic Collections, the yeah. Old Republic Volume Four, which has been delayed a time or two, but it's supposed to come out July. Sixth, uh, Freddie, we're gonna do a roundtable on this one of these days. Surely, um, uh, I'm excited about this. These some of the Legends Epic collections are hard to get after the fact, so like you got to pick them up on pre-order, don't you? Yeah, you really do, or, or you're just gonna pay quite the premium. Uh, but not just that, but uh, you know, most of the people that buy these books, I mean, you know, they're not gonna buy them to sell them. They're 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 keeping these things. These are these are collectors' editions. You know, they're they're beautiful. They collect what like. 10 plus comics or so yeah they're well they're i think more than that i had to look at the list exactly they're really readable though they're also they're not just good for the shelf they're a very readable format um love to sit down on a saturday afternoon with a cup of coffee one of these there was another one announced but it's not technically a legends epic collection did you see this freddie it was just leaked this week solicited to comics shops the this is for you specifically we just did our boba fett episode so good the boba fett blood ties trade paperback was announced this is weird isn't it because it's not one of these like big hardcover omnibuy that they've been making and it's not a marvel epic collection it's, what is happening here? It doesn't. It, it's almost yeah. It's kind of crazy. I, I'm not sure if 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 it has to do anything with this new Boba Fett thing that they're they're entering this endeavor, just trying to come out with the most content they can, which is great. Do it. Give me as much as you can of of Boba Fett and especially blood ties. I mean, it's, if you want to learn about who he is, and, and I can't wait because if this is if they take a lot of this and put this into the current canon of of Boba Fett, which you know, you gotta let me know if that happens. Um, it's gonna be exciting to see to see, you know, Boba Fett fight uh, at a young age and and everything in in his growth and how he became who he is. The crazy thing is, this thing is three hundred thirty six pages, thirty four nine nine. Like, oh, that's great. All right, it's out in November. It, but there was some controversy online about why this thing is called Boba Fett Blood Ties when it does collect primarily right it's got blood ties one through four blood ties colon boba fett is dead one through four (laughs) so good and then six other what are you laughing uh (laughs) and then six other random dark horse boba fett one shots so people are like why is it called blood ties if it's not just blood tie and i'm like that's it's a fine name that's do you have an opinion on this freddie no i mean i I think it's fine It, it it uh kind of it highlights like the big portion of what you're going to be reading and then some bonus content right you know, glass yeah. half full, I guess. 
Yeah, that's right. It could have just been blood ties, but we got yeah. six more issues, so we ain't complaining. <laughs> that's right. And uh, there's more, a little bit more. We've got uh, the last thing on the Legends Lookout rundown here. The Droids cartoon from the 80s was just recently added to the Disney Plus Vintage Collection, and I've started watching it. And, man, if that theme song doesn't sound like a Thin Lizzy hit, it is oh, yeah. just an absolute blast from the past. Did you ever watch this thing, Freddie? I did. I did. So... <laughs> You know, a lot of people will bow their heads in silence or whatever. But when it came to Star Wars, my my content that I grew, that I watched was were the Ewoks uh, and Droids cartoon. I remember seeing that at a very early age. I'm talking like maybe three years old, because my parents were like, "Heck yeah, cartoons keep it's keeping them quiet." Happened to be Star Wars. That's awesome. I didn't watch these at all. I've watched like maybe some. Some bad quality YouTube videos. <laughs> My kids uh, weren't loving it. They weren't loving it. But I, I'm kind of, kind of digging it more than I thought I would. So we're gonna be talking about that next week. We're gonna do a full rundown of all of the Disney Plus Vintage Collection. We're gonna be joined by our buddy Charles, making his Legends long-awaited Legends Look Back return to chat some Tartakovsky Clone Wars with us. We're also gonna talk about uh, these these goofy old '80s cartoons. So I'm looking forward to that. And then one other thing to keep on the lookout for, we're going to have a collection coming up soon on the site all about Valence, the bounty hunter who is going to steal the show for us at this point in the episode. Of course, Valence is one of these great uh, heroes, anti-heroes kind of, in the long tradition of Star Wars characters who, like, you can't keep a good man down. You know, he dies, but then he's back, and then he just keeps on dying and coming back. And... <laughs> So we're going to talk about his legendary roots, of course, has been recently reintroduced into the canon Marvel comics. We're going to be talking about the cyborg bounty hunter from the Legends Marvel days uh, for the rest of the episode. And, of course, uh, we're going to have a reading guide coming out soon on the site, so keep your eyes peeled for that. So uh, before we get into that, we're going to run a merch ad featuring the Legends Look Back fanny pack that you can strap around your waists when you uh, safely re-engage with society. And you can be prepared. You can stuff as many masks as you want to make yourself feel good um, as you re-engage hand sanitizers or even, like, hey, roll duck comic books, if that's what you're into. Uh, not me. These are going on my shelf. So it's really fun that tonight we've got Emma joining us as our producer. Just so happened to work out this way. Uh, because, Emma, you are representing the Cosmic Force, our recently launched, not so recently at this point, you guys are in the double digits on episodes yeah. now, which is cool, uh, our comics podcast. And, um, Emma, I know for a fact that you're like, really caught up with all the, the canon Marvel comics, and so one of these characters, in fact, it was originally introduced as a Legends character. So, Emma, let me ask you, when it comes to Valence, um, did you start with him in Legends or in canon? Um, what do you think of this bad boy? Yeah, I started with him in canon, and it actually wasn't from the Bounty Hunters comic that is running now. Um, I actually first met him in Target Vader. Um, I believe oh, yeah. that was the comic, or yeah, I think that was it. Um, and I thought he was like a really interesting character. I did have this feeling based on like his style and his vibe that he came from something from Legends. <laughs> he feels like an 80s character, yeah. Definitely, for sure. But yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character. And, um, you know, when I was reading some Legends uh, comics with him in it for this episode, um, I was really interested to sort of read about the differences between him in Legends and in canon because there's definitely some big differences and there's a lot of similarities too. 
Yeah, I. This is crazy for me that I didn't start with him in Legends. I didn't oh, really know his Legends huh. origins. I'm not as caught up on the Marvel, the old school Marvel stuff. Uh, not for lack of trying. <laughs> but I, I will say I really enjoyed reading the 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 Valence arc that um, we're gonna be talking about tonight. That was captured in the Forever Crimson, Crimson Forever. There's two different titles. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, Forever Crimson, Crimson yeah. Forever is the title of issue fifty, the big yeah. fifty issue extravaganza, which is like a plague. It's a sickness that almost kills Luke Skywalker, which I felt like really connected after what we went through this past year. <laughs> Oh, so I was like, oh, great. I love virus plots. Um, <laughs> but this one was like, also Indiana Jones, where Han and Chewie like go to the temple and then they like mess up on the temple and thus release this <laughs> virus on the whole galaxy, which was fun. But uh, no, I didn't start with this in Legends either. I started with Valence in canon and saw the, you know, the Legends internet blow up about the fact that there's, that they're going to do another Valence um, issue. They're going to go back and make Marvel 108 one last um, issue to kind of a swan song for the original run. And I was like, fine, I'm not as excited as I would be if you like gave me Sword of the Jedi. But I finally got excited and had a chance to read this. How about you, Freddie? Uh, did you start with him in, in, in um, canon or legends? Yeah, well, as you know, I I probably only read maybe like five things in, in canon, including comic books in a book. <laughs> oh, is that so. true? So uh, yeah, my my Valence, uh, were, I got exposed to Valence when I was man. Uh, it was one of my. It was probably like in middle school or so when I decided to to look at some of the old school um, Star Wars comics, the Marvel comics, and I remember just reading this guy and thinking, "Oh my goodness, this guy's so intense." And now thinking about it, like how how crazy is it that it's such an obscure Legends character can make it back into canon? Right, like how beautiful. Yeah, he only had a handful of appearances in the original Marvel run, right? Yeah, I think there's only like five comic books. It's like uh, sixteen, twenty something, and you know, there's there's not too many. Uh, and then there's there's a lot of I believe there's a lot of short stories. One, you know, where where he's a couple, just, yeah, a couple. So yeah. so he's in issue. I've got this one here, issue sixteen, and then his story continues in twenty seven. And 29, what happened in 28? I don't know. I have to check it out. But as of now, I have no idea. Uh, and then 50 is not a valence issue, but you need to read 50 in order yes. to read 108, yes. you know, for all the sense that that makes, right? You Valence isn't in 50, but you have to read 50 in order to read 108. Don't you just love Star Wars? I do. It's so great. <laughs> not confusing uh, of at course. all. No, 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 not at all. Right. It's like we're talking about a franchise that started with four, five, and six, and then went back and did one, two, three, and then seven, and then a different one that wasn't right. a number. <laughs> so it tracks, really. It tracks. Yeah, it really does. It's great. Uh, of course, him only being in a handful of issues, what's fun is he kind of comes in at the tail end of the original Jackson story arc in mm-hmm. 1978. Um, the like the the guys on Aduba 3, there's uh, like eight of them. It's kind of a Kurosawa um, throwback of an issue, and then uh, Valence comes in and is like, I'm going to murder the bunny. Give me Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. So for me, it started in, um, I, I got my first taste of Valence in in canon, as did Emma. But Freddie's coming from the other side. I appreciate that we've got a shared perspective here. Let me ask you this, though, Freddie. Had you read the the trade paperback? This was released, what, last year? Early last year, right before the pandemic. Um, Forever Crimson. Had oh, you yeah. read... This and 108 before this week's show. 
I I did actually. I did. I it's been a long time. Uh, I believe 2019. It was it was one of the books I remember seeing Valence, and I was like, wait, what is this? Valence? What is he doing here in 2019? Yeah, I think that's right. Let me see. Uh, the the collection. I think there's like eight yeah, eight right. chapters or so. It's wonderful. I love it. And and to this day, I still think that Cold Stone Steve Austin got his skull shirt from Valence's armor. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now that's a name I haven't heard. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's the most ubiquitous '90s guy ever. That's amazing. Um, so that's fun that you got to read this back when it came out. I slept on it and was uh, excited to bring this with me on vacation. And really got into it. What was fun was like my uh, little nieces and nephews, all eight of them, like saw me reading a comic book and they gathered around and they were like, what do you have? And I was like, look, Valence is blowing off people's heads. <laughs> oh my <goodness>. So violent. <laughs> they're like, why? And I'm like, we don't know. And I'm like, he hates droids. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, here, look at this panel. He's peeling his face off. And I'm like trying to hide it from the parrots. It was like a truly great vacation moment. I'll say that much. He peels his face off so many times. His his legends history is kind of crazy. The interesting thing here, Freddie, is if I'm if I'm correct, and I may not be. All right, so let me preface that. Don't yell at me in the YouTube comments, please. I mean, if you want to, I'll yell back. It'll be great. But if if I've got this right, he's the first expanded universe bounty hunter. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, I think so. Now that, now that I think about it, he oh, wow. let's see, 1978 is when he was first out, right? I believe so. Yeah, right. This yeah, came out in yeah. October of 78, issue 16. Yeah, so he he was he well, I mean he he yeah he's definitely one of the most intense. You know, of course we've got we've got the canon at the time, which was Boba Fett, but EU character. I believe that he is. One of the, fir- if not the first, he is at least maybe the second. I, it, now, he's like of, right up there. Speaking of Boba Fett, we need to double check our timeline here because I know Boba Fett debuted before The Empire Strikes Back. Infamously, yeah. he was teased as uh, like a, an action figure. Cartoon. Um, you too. could, and, and of course, we're going to talk about this next week, right? In the cartoon. Now, that came out in November of 78, right? The, uh, the holiday special. Yeah, it came out before. I know it came out before Empire Strikes Back. That for sure. I think it was November of '78. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Could have been '79. Um, it was in between, obviously, Star Wars and Empire. But if this came, if that came out in November and this came out in October, <laughs> yeah, he still beats Boba Fett. He still, oh he still. If you think about it, I think Valence is the first bounty hunter, and what a good one he is! He can shoot lasers out of his palms, which oh. totally like catches Vader off guard in issue was that twenty twenty nine, the duel with Vader. Yeah. That was actually voted in uh, Star Wars Insider Magazine number eighty three as one of the top t- uh, top twenty best moments in the expanded universe. So oh, wow. love that. Um, the the crazy thing in that duel with Vader, of course, is he knocks Vader to his knees and catches his cape on fire. And you're like, oh, Vader's vulnerable. Yeah. Like, because before that, other than like, you know, Tarkin kind of like plays mom to him and tells him what's up. But <laughs> besides that, nobody can really like hurt Vader. Can right? you believe that though? Getting Vader on his knees, like, that's that's some next level kind of combat. I think I think the moment, and this is a little spoilery. So give me 10 seconds here. If you want to duck out a little spoilery, if you want to go and read forever crimson, would definitely recommend it. Spoiler for a 40 year old comic here, 40 (laughs) years old. 
Freddy, the moment when he tries to drag Vader down into the pink uh, toxic lava, and it's pink because they couldn't get the colors right. They said it's crimson. It's blood red, but like yeah. it's totally just pink in the it's comic pink. book. <laughs> which is cool to have like a pink lava planet when he tries to drag Vader down into the lava and then Vader cuts his freaking cyborg hand off and lets him drop down to the lava and he walks away with Valence's cyborg hand still clutched to his foot yeah. yeah, that for me was one of the best Legends comics things I've ever read I was <sighs> astounded <laughs> so cool it's not just that but the reason why he did it is even better yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, at that point, when we first meet Valence, he just hates droids. I don't know if you want to hit that one first, and we can we can go down the, the, the yeah. tree. Yeah, so let's but... get to that. Let's get to that. He hates droids. But, like, there's no explanation given, at least in his first introduction, on why he hates droids. What was your, like, if you can go back in time here. All right, you just read this recently for the first time, Emma. Let's start with you. If you could go back and, and kind of put yourself in, your, in the shoes of what you were thinking when you our first reading about Legends Valence in issue 16, why did you think he hated droids? Honestly, because of my canon experience, I I knew I, I knew it was probably because he was uh, his cyborg issues. Um, but, you know, sort of putting that out of my mind, I honestly That's just hard, thought maybe yeah, one had sort aside. of wronged him maybe in a way, which I guess was kind of the case. In a, in a way, you know, the droid surgeon like couldn't really save his skin, I guess. Um, so that's that's kind of the case. You know, it kind yeah. of reminded me of Din Djarin in The Mandalorian. Like, he hates droids, yeah. but we don't yeah. really know at first. Um, so that was kind of an interesting uh, sort of mirror there. Yeah. That's... And it seems that in The Mandalorian, the reason is because of the Clone Wars. Right. But at this point in time, the Clone Wars exist. They're mentioned mm-hmm. in A New Hope, but we don't know that they involve a army of droids. We don't yeah. know that. That's not right. part of the... The pitch, so you kind of have to take that off the table, Freddie. What was your speculation? If you could put yourself back in time, trying to figure out what's going on inside Valence's head, why does he hate droids? I'll never forget, honestly, what the first thing I remember, and and it it sticks with me to this day that I feel like that's still the reason of why he hates them. So the reason I think he hates droids, or, or at least what I thought about that at the time, was you know he 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 stresses so much how droids take the menial jobs of like people, like people could have had these jobs. Uh, and and we all know there's a lot of suffering in, in the in the galaxy, right? There's there's outworld suffering. So personally, I thought that maybe in his past, this is my fan theory, is maybe in his past, uh, either his dad was killed by a droid or or took that that his dad's job and he was homeless and who I went love crazy. the theory that it's like a metaphor for foreign outsourcing. <laughs> yeah, that's how I always used to think about it was was outsourcing, and so part of me was wondering like, oh goodness, is this you know, is is he just have such a prejudice against them because of? He does say that though. He does, and he, so that's what I always kind of thought. Makes a comment like, "You're taking a job from a perfectly good human." <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So part of me was thinking about it that way because I, you know, back then I didn't honestly really think about droids in the Clone Wars. It wasn't really something that was in my mind. So, uh, and I, b- I believe later on he does they do say something about the clone wars or his time in the clone wars and- yeah they do eventually min- mention it right yeah. um you know, one of the things that is kind of crazy is when you finally get the reveal when he peels his flesh down off of his eye and you see the the metal skin underneath like the terminator which this does predate the terminator yeah it predates cable from the x-men who he looks exactly like 
Um, but it doesn't, however, predate the Punisher. The Punisher does come out before this. He does a lot like the Punisher. Um, but Punisher's not a cyborg, so Valence's got a one-up on him there. Um, when he does finally make that reveal that it's like, oh, he, maybe this is all about his own self-loathing. This just got a lot darker for a like, kid's comic, um, which it does read as much more juvenile than like some of the current Marvel run. Uh, it's like, wow, is this whole issue that he's got self-loathing? And then that's explored in a really interesting way when finally he has this confrontation in issue 29 with Luke and C-3PO. And it's really C-3PO, more than Luke, who's the one that kind of turns Valence. You want to talk about that, Freddie? What changes in um, in Valence? Why, yeah. does he, why does he turn and have a change of opinion and spare Luke Skywalker? You know, it's the classic sacrificial moment in... in uh in a lot of of lore right the the sacrifice of the thing that the person hates weighs so much on them they're just like wait you're not supposed to as a droid you're not supposed to stand in front of luke you know to to try to stop uh from luke dying you know from whatever valence is going to do and valence is completely surprised that that c3po is is sacrificing himself for that that thing and it, it kind of just changes everything he realizes wait <laughs> that's his moment of it, i don't think i don't think everything is as, as i thought right yeah yeah it's like uh c-3po demonstrates that he can have like he can do something as human as to sacrifice oneself for someone he cares about and like that humanity that he saw within the droid my understanding is he realizes that if a full droid can have that much humanity, then there is something salvageable within his self, right? That he can still have a salvageable yeah. amount of humanity, even if all of the the flesh is torn from his skeleton, which it eventually is mm -hmm. because of the pink lava lake, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, of course, he sees something in C-3PO, but then there's like this kind of mixed motivation, right? Where he also like kind of loves Luke after this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Luke um, doesn't, Eventually, his vendetta is against Luke for hanging out with droids. He's like, not because he blew up the Death Star, but he's like, you droid lover. There's actually a panel. I love this. Uh, <laughs> page 27 of Forever Crimson. And then that's when I'll destroy you, droid lover. It's yeah. such a great, yeah. such a great line. Yeah, um, but eventually, he, he loves Luke for the fact that he um, spares, he shows compassion to Valence. Like, uh, he, he loves C-3PO for like being the most human droid ever. But then he loves Luke for showing compassion. Um, is that about it, Freddie? Yeah, that's that's about it. And and he goes so far as to hide. And, and that's the thing, right? Is really nobody knows who Luke Skywalker is. They don't know his name. They know who he is. They know this character, but they don't know his name. So they're, they're trying to find any source. You know, late Vader's trying to find it. Valence is trying to find it. But they're all trying to find it for a different reason, right? Vader's trying to find it because he wants to find Luke and either turn him to the dark side or kill him. And Valence right. is like, you know what? I, I fought with that guy. That guy's pretty cool. And you know what? I'm going to stall it as long as I can and make sure that Luke does not get discovered. And he right, does his job. Right. Now, and, and that issue comes when he is chasing after the rebel, what, whistleblower, uh, Tyler? Tyler Lucian. <laughs> Just such the a least good Star Wars name, name ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I've got an issue with this, Emma. When people complain about a name like Kyle, isn't there a there's a what's the guy in the High Republic? What's his name? K Kevin. Like people complain <laughs> like that's not a very Star Wars name. 
the main protagonist of the series is named Luke. It's true. Like That's we true. get used to that, but it's like a total. It's a biblical name, so yeah. you know, Tyler not biblical, so it sucks. Yeah, Luke, however, <laughs> is good. Okay. Um, now Emma, in reading this for the first time, you just uh, were were uh, reintroduced to it. Did Valence's turn make sense to you? That uh, he would spare Luke because he three PO what like was more human than he should have been. Uh, what was your take on the big turning point for Valence? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was pretty surprised that he spared Luke. He seemed very uh, uh, convinced that that he should just, you know, kill him or capture yeah. him. Or I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what his end goal was there, but but you know, he seemed to have a change of heart pretty quickly. But based on my knowledge from the canon comics, it did kind of make sense. The the canon comics really show um, the more human nature of of him and. Um, some of his past relationships. And so it kind of made sense for, for me to read about this softer side of Valence, even though it is in Legends. But I was still surprised nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I It does show a softer side. On the one hand, he's like more of a one-note character. On the mm-hmm. other hand, on the other hand, it does kind of expand his backstory if you've been reading him in canon. Um, what I do right. love, though, is that Canon does realize, you know, when they're when they're reintroducing the character, that like he does need more backstory, and so that's where you get the Han Solo Imperial Cadet coming in, um, showing him as a cadet alongside Han Solo, which like I totally missed when I first read Han Solo Imperial Cadet. Like, I, I did it not too. get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. I was like, well, I'm a dummy. And then, um, of course, you get more backstory for him in Target Vader, which especially like leans into his. Like tragic kind of anti-hero past. He's got like a wife and a family. Maybe I need to go back and reread it, honestly. And then, of course, now he is headlining his own series in Bounty Hunters, in which case he's like a frenemies with um, with Dengar, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> and Chewie like strangles him, but like spares him, which is just, just so great. I love it yeah. when Chewie is like about to rip a guy's head off. That's always fun. It's oh, like, yeah. You get it's him, like, Chewie. He, yeah, he throws, he's like... like he throws like a monster alien or something in this book too. He just throwing people everywhere or in this comic. Oh, Chewie does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to double check that. That's cool. Chewie sometimes now, reminds me of like that tiny dog that thinks they're so tough and like barks at the intruders or whatever. <laughs> sometimes he can remind me of that. Definitely. Yeah. Now let me ask you this, Emma. This isn't in the notes, so going on the spot here. What do you yeah. think is the most important thing that Canon has added to Valence's story? Uh, how has it expanded the character? Um, in, in what way do you think has really made this character endure beyond his original appearances in uh, these original Marvel issues? Yeah, I think like I was touching on a little earlier, just building on his personal relationships to make us see the more human side of him um, is really what helped the most. We didn't get to see that in Legends, that side of him. Um, in in the first few issues of the uh, Bounty Hunters series, um, we get to see that he kind of had a love interest uh, before he went off um, yeah. to join the Empire. And that, to me, um, was like, wow, okay, this guy really does have a heart. He's not just, he doesn't have, like, a heart of metal, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just seeing his beginnings in the um, Imperial Academy, how how he, you know, really appreciates that the fact that Han was the one to save him from the wreckage. Um, I think was another really cool addition because we do see those two sort of going up against each other quite a bit in both Legends and Canon, um, and it was cool to see their origins. 
Yeah, definitely. I love the relationship he has with Vader. I love the way that it expands that because this anchors it. Like their duel on the the catwalk. If you're ever on a catwalk in Star Wars and it has no rails, get out of there, my friend. Um, but in this, they're they're dueling over a lake. They're like, oh, it's not an abyss. It's not a, a massive canyon. We'll be all right. Um, Valence and Vader say that five times fast. They duel. Uh, over the lava lake, and as such, that kind of anchors his his rivalry with Vader. That's really explored in greater detail in canon. I like seeing where that goes in greater greater depth in uh, the current continuity. Now uh, we're going to go with the Valence lightning round here. There's quite a few little details we're going to touch on before we call it quits for tonight. Now, um, from Jason Fry, did you get this one, Freddie? I, I didn't know this. I've never seen this movie. Um, the name of, mm-hmm. of Valence, of course, is based off of the John Ford movie, the Western, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valence. But then when Jason Fry was writing the short story, The Hunt for Valence, or something like that, I could have the name wrong, he gave him the first name, which I would consider in the grand tradition of dorky Star Wars first names alongside yeah. Sheev and Sheev. Gael for uh, Akbar or Gale. <laughs> what the myth they did on Star Wars archives. Jason Fry named him Beelert. Is yeah. there a worse first name in all of Star Wars? Yeah, it's so funny too because I, I mean, I, I really like where the name stems from. It's a, uh, it's a John Wayne film, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valence, right? And they went with Liberty, and they just scrambled the letters up and came with, well, yeah, that's that's the one, Beelert. <laughs> right. So I. That at least gives some appreciation for why. But also, like, Jason Fry had no idea when he was writing that short story that he would live on to headline multiple canon <laughs> comics. Yeah. So it's not all his fault. Baylor all... sounds vaguely French to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, with a croissant. Yeah. Um, apologies to our French listeners. Uh, yes. I, uh, deeply apologetic for that one. A little bit. I also like croissants. Okay. Um, now, Freddie, do you think Valence is more... Punisher, Terminator, or Cable? Oh man, this he is predates two of the three. He does. He does. I personally, I, I almost feel like when I first saw his his metallic, in, what is it? It's not an exoskeleton, endoskeleton. Come on, Corey, help me out here. His innards. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about cyborg physiology, Corey. Please. Yeah. His exactly like Emma said. His his cyborg innards. Um, he, he very much looks like a Terminator-esque, uh, robot. He's got the, just that, like, skull and, and, I mean, he looks very, uh, human in Cyborg, right? I mean, that's what he's supposed to be, and that's exactly what, what they drew, and it's, it's almost shockingly Terminator to me. It is shockingly, yeah, I like the way you said that. It really is, like, wait, why is Terminator in this, if you're not (laughs) careful? On the cover of 16, he looks just like the Punisher. Yeah, But then... It, when he really like rips his face off and has the glowing eye thing, he looks just like Cable and has like the one exposed metal arm. But Cable, his thing is he's a time traveler and also a school teacher. So <laughs> I'd like to see Valence do those two things. I'd love to see the comic where he's a time traveling school teacher. That would be great. That's going to be awesome. Now, Emma, let me ask you this: out of Valence's powers, which do you think is his his best power? His palm lasers, his indestructibility, or his self loathing? Oh, wow. Well, that's an interesting grouping of powers right there. <laughs> I mean, does um, he have more? <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Let's see. His palm lasers, I think, because they remind me of Iron Man. He's like, 
Uh, right. On a side note, uh, a small side note, I've been rewatching all the uh, MCU movies with my sister, and we just got through uh, the first two Iron Man movies. So when oh. I was reading through this issue today where he uses his palm lasers, I couldn't stop thinking of Iron Man. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. Iron Man. Uh, he does not predate Iron Man, does he? I think that's another 70s character. They're probably contemporaries. He could have been a 60s character. Yeah, maybe maybe Iron Man takes the cake on that one. Uh, how about you, Freddy? What's his best power? I, I'm leaning toward his self-loathing. Like, his motivation <laughs> is what makes him such a great bounty hunter. I love the panel. Did you notice this, Freddy? When he finally goes and checks in with the guy who's commissioned him to hunt Luke Skywalker, and he gets his payment, or maybe it's after Jackson. Anyway, the first time he goes and gets his payment for hunting bounties, his payment is not money. It's a handful of droids for him to explode. Yep. Yep. That <laughs> He's was like, all right, pay up. All right, we got three droids for you. Blam! They're gone. <laughs> Boom. He's like, mm, that was nice. Well, I guess I he's like a cyborg. That. He doesn't need credits to eat, right? <laughs> I yeah. died. I absolutely died. Like, almost woke up my three-year-old from her nap died laughing. <laughs> What's his best hilarious. power for you, Freddy? Yeah, that that was a good one. You know, the, the I love his palm laser. It's, it's not my most favorite part. So... The palm laser is amazing. It's like a phalanx of just electrons flowing out of his hand in like a burst. It's wild. It's it's like the most intense thing I've ever seen. And his indestructibility is cool. I, I like it. But I, I think it's not just his self-loathing. It's his motivation, whether it's for the wrong or the right thing. His motivation is he's so steel-willed that he will do whatever it takes to do whatever it takes to do whatever it takes. <laughs> I I think it's that motivation that brings him up out of the lava lake. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's like the scrappers that find his his endoskeleton, if that's what we're calling it, <laughs> and uh, you know, eventually his system reboots, and he's like, "All right, droids, boom, they're out of here." Um, but I really do love the um, the palm lasers. Hey, they catch Vader off guard, which are pretty yeah. pretty awesome too. Now, Freddie, let me ask you this: How does he stack up against? The other, like the original, the OG bounty hunters against like Bosk and Dengar and Zuckus. If you were to rank him among those, what is it, seven, eight bounty yeah. hunters? Where does he line up in the list? He, I mean, it, they used to, they said right in the comic that that even Boba Fett himself would shake in fear if they heard or saw Valence. And to me, just the fact that he took Vader down to his knees, I don't honestly think any other bounty hunter could do the same thing. With with just like two two weapons, his body and his his laser hand, that's all it took. They didn't have to do any tricks, anything. It was just like pure strength and and determination. <laughs> I need to I need to go back and find that comment where they say that about Boba Fett. I remember him saying uh, that, yeah. And I was like, wow, uh, Boba Fett's afraid of him. That's that's yeah. uh, that's big, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. So if they mention Boba Fett. In the, it depends on what issue. So I, don't, I guess it doesn't have to be in the first one. It doesn't mean that Boba Fett predated him. All right, well, we're getting in the weeds here. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Emma? How does he stack up against like uh, IG-88 and Bosk and Zuckus? I think I would put him probably just a little lower than the other eight, the other seven. I have to agree with you. Just because they've got so much history. But maybe above like Zuckus or Forlom? Maybe not against the combo, but maybe, uh, maybe over one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I have to put Boba, IG-88, um, maybe Bosk, and eh, yeah, just those three, I think, above him, and then maybe at his level or a little lower are the rest of the of the bounty hunters, I would say. It's like right I'm, on the same I'm, level I'm with Dengar. Yeah, yeah, probably with, the, with Dengar, too. Yeah, I mean, 
IG-88 terrifies me. Boba Fett, he's got way too many weapons and tools and just brains to be outsmarted yeah. by Valence. And uh, and Bosk, I mean, I'm just going off of his powers of Battlefront 2, but I think he's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's pretty strong. And, and yeah. I think he's, you know, your your list, 100%. I, I like that list. Boba Fett is, is always number one for me, and Django Fett yeah. is one and a half. And I think he's definitely uh, above Diaperhead, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't like not the biggest Dengar fan. What's fun is that he teams up with Dengar in um in the Bounty Hunters run. So uh, he and B- Dengar have like I call them frenemies. They have a love hate relationship. Like they're always a dissing on each other. And it's kind of like the odd like the married couple, which is a fun dynamic. <laughs> it's pretty interesting because especially yeah. if we rank them as like equal bounty hunters, um, it's a good pair to put together. Now, Freddie, one of the episodes we're planning on Legends Look Back uh, as a prospective idea is to do the the tough, tough mm. guys of Legends, like the, the potential Chuck Norrises of Legends. And uh, he, he stacks up against, you know, like Dash Rindar, Kyle Katarn. Yeah. Um, how do you think how do you think he stacks up against some of the other tough guys in Legends? Well, I mean, that, if, if there's one thing that Legends is really good at is the tough guy thing. Because, I mean, we're thinking, you know, Political correctness aside, this is the 70s and the 80s where tough guy, ma- like machismo was it's a, a big meme. thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. a thing, right? We've got Rambo, Terminator, just all, all of that stuff. And and they had, I mean, Dash Randar was a, a tough guy. And, and you know, even even in this, in some some aspects, Luke was a, a tough guy. I mean, he he was so overpowered in, in so many different things. Uh, would you count um, Druus Sabaoth as a tough guy? <laughs> He's like not cut from the same cloth like the yeah. '80s action hero that the others are. He's got the abs of him, though. Ba- I was gonna say, he based does. on the abs, I would have to say yes. <laughs> he does. He does. You've got me there. All right, I've been proven wrong. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we have to fill out that list a little more. If my list is three people, yours is four, but one of them is like a crusty old Jedi master. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work yeah, on we'll it now. Now, Domina Tag, who's also in this series, she's the one who's kind of the mastermind behind the Crimson Forever virus. She is also reintroduced into canon in the Dr. Aphra comics. And so it's fun that they've got two of the characters from the same story arc, both reintroduced in um, the canon Marvel comics. And I wonder what other character from ex- obscure legends history like it's got to be a character on the same level as domina tag or valence you can't say mara jade right anybody but mara jade basically or like the solo twins who would you like to see reintroduced into canon um maybe of the same level of obscurity as these two do you have an opinion on this oh this is tough man there's a. Uh... There's a lot of kinda, characters that I'd like to I kinda see. I kind of like to see uh, HK47. He's Ooh, like, oh, yeah. yeah I think, that's a good I pick. think just obscure enough to fit. Like, and you can just stick him anywhere in, in, in canon. Like, he's just a murder droid. <laughs> yeah, HK47 for sure. Especially, I mean, guys, I'm sorry. Get your toothpick holders out. I think that's what Disney calls them. But uh, yeah. in Star Wars Galaxies, <laughs> when, you, when you have to fight HK47, he's like the most difficult thing that I've ever fought in my, my life. So. I'd like to see I'd like to see HK forty seven recanonized and and I don't know if I'd want to see too much difference honestly. Yeah, you know, just as long as he calls people meat bags, that's all you need. That's like the <laughs> one. That's like the one thing in the formula. Uh, how about you, Emma? Do you have an opinion on this? Yeah. So I mean, I haven't read a ton of legends, but I think I'm going to bring something up from Shadows of the Empire while it's still fresh in the mind. Okay. Cool. All right. I would love to see. 
a a modern Guri, I think. She was a really okay. interesting oh. character, and I'd like to see more of her for sure. Yeah, you could have like another cyborg who yeah. finds their humanity. Uh, maybe Valence could like Love have story. a significant cyborg other. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. He deserves it. Val- Valence and Guri, the the OTP of <laughs> Legends Look Back, amazing. Well, it's been a ton of fun. Thank you, Emma, for uh, helping us out this week. It's been great to have you. What a perfect topic to have you here for next episode. <laughs> excuse me, next episode. As we mentioned, we're going to do the Disney Plus Vintage Collection, uh, ranked and reviewed. So. Um, F's in the chat for all of the binging of Ewoks and droids that Freddie and I are going to do over the next <laughs> over the next week, getting ready for that. Uh, and then the next roundtable, Freddie, uh, I know you've been uh, you've been diving into this, you've been digging it. Uh, tell the folks what they should be reading to get ready for oh. our next big breakdown. I, I just can't believe I slept on it for so long. I'm loving it. The audiobook is fantastic. We're going to be talking about Shatterpoints. That's right, with all of. Mace Windu's naked brutality. Man, is he Don't naked tell me he's naked in this so book, much. too. Yeah, there, he is. Yep, that's Are you right. serious? Yep, he tell is. you were joking. No, no, he is. Oh, my God. There's a whole naked fight scene Yep. in the shower. <laughs> oh, no. Early. It's very early in the book. You don't have to read the whole thing to get to it. Oh, yeah, goodness. We have a new meme. Yep. <laughs> we do. That's right. Absolutely. Oh. And you want to be in on it. So that's going up soon on Legends Look Back. That does it for this week. Thank you for joining us to everybody here with us in the chat. We've loved having you with us. Really been popping off tonight. Thanks, of course, to our incredible patrons for all of your support. Hey, we love making the show. And we are glad that you are along for the ride. Special thank you, of course, to our high rulers, uh, Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, and your boy, Freddie C. on our Alliance High Command. Thank you for your amazing support. Hey, if you'd like your thoughts read on the show, you can email us. I should probably check that email sometime. Legends Look Back at utini.com or send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You can leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jared Q. Mace. Freddie. At Wake Up Freddy. And Emma. At Irma Jedi 26. Good job. That's right. And if you're looking to buy some of these books, such as Crimson Forever, um, you don't have to buy it randomly in a comic book store. When you see it on the shelf like I did, you can get it right now by checking out the link on utini.com. You can click on the Amazon link in the profile, and hey, we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. If you liked it, you've got comments, you got thoughts, leave us a listener review. We would love to know what you think, and you can leave that review right there on the site. Remember, everybody, while Freddy changes hats into his shadows of the Empire, <laughs> reversible, collectible. Careful with that thing, Freddy. Uh, don't get it sweaty. Don't get it sweaty, Freddy. Uh, remember, everybody, until next week, keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. This is a Utini broadcast.